The year is 1984. A young Eric Stoltz is cast in a movie titled Spaceman from Pluto. The final film, directed by Robert Zemeckis, was distributed by Disney. This angst-ridden teen comedy of a boy sent to the past and making sense of his existence in a godless universe was a flop, as it couldn't connect with audiences. Luckily for us in this timeline, Spielberg and Zemeckis ignored producer notes and kept the script title and were able to cast Michael J. Fox as the happy-go-lucky team. The movie was a commercial and financial success for all involved, eventually leading to sequels, animated cartoons, video game adaptations, and even board games. Hop in your DeLorean, put in your Huey Lewis in the news cassette, and punch it to 88 miles per hour, because the morons are talking back to the future. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Hi, welcome to the Gateway Gamers Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm RP. And this is a podcast where a veteran like me introduces the world of gaming to a noob. Like me. Well done. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well welcome. done. Well welcome, done, welcome. Dr. Marvel. Thanks, RP. <laughs> Great Scott. Yeah, we're here to talk our final movie of the blockbuster summer. Uh, and these. What a good one. What a good one to end it on. I know. This is probably my second favorite movie we've watched this summer, aside from Wizard of Oz, obviously. Mm-hmm. And this is just a reminder of how amazing this movie is and how much I love it dearly. Marty McFly is the coolest person ever. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Fantastic movie. All right, this is a fantastic cast that I absolutely love. Um, I'm glad we got this version with Michael J. Fox instead of the weird version with Eric Stoltz, Eric Stoltz who, played, uh, who played it too serious um, and thought it was a drama. A horror. Of, he thought yeah, it was a he, horror movie, which kind of makes sense. Like, I don't, I don't hate the way that it would have been filmed, but it would have been as like fun, obviously. Yeah, like that's not the vibe. That, like it makes sense. Like imagine going back and your mom's trying to bang you. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that is a horror film, but that's not the vibe they were going for. Um, and would have made for a, a movie that nobody would have ever talked about again. Yeah, and they were what two months in, I think. Right? They were. They were like, fully through. I think they wasted fourteen million dollars on production, and the final like budget for the film was nineteen. So. Yeah. I don't know how, like, where that ranks. Like, if that includes that, or if, like, the $19 million is for, like, kind of the second part. Mm. Either way, easily recruited the funds of the of this film. Um, yeah. And with the spinoffs and the TV show, the comic book, the board games, the video games, the theme park ride, um, which, unfortunately, I never actually had the opportunity oh, to ride. It was being... amazing. So everybody says, I've never heard a single bad thing about it. Yeah, it's it was the best. kind of garbage right now but great movie to end our blockbuster summer on um what's your experience with this film what's your history with it um so i remember watching this at a young age and i can't think of exactly like when but i think from what i remember is mcdonald's had like a promotion back in the day where you could buy vhs's from them for like six bucks and like 94 93 like around there and i remember like getting land before time and fivels goes west and i'm pretty sure i got back to the future as well with in this deal <laughs> so it had to be i had to be like seven or eight when i first watched this movie i don't have any like resounding like oh i remember when i was a kid but i just i remember this movie always being in my mind like always i grew up with it like yeah speaking of vhs's apparently this one when this came out on vhs cost 80 dollars on vhs Isn't well, most insane? vhs's cost that much back then like i it's know it's just so crazy to me you, you grew up in a different time but yeah like the vhs's like when they first came around i think they were like 90 or 100 dollars like well, which it makes sense because there was no syndication. There was no, mm. like, if you owned it, that was your movie forever. And it kind of makes sense. It, no, it absolutely makes sense on why that's the price point, considering now to own a movie, it's like 20 bucks, which yeah. you go to the theater and you buy two tickets and it's more than that. But um, I just think that's crazy. But that's um, why 
video stores such as like Blockbuster and all them were so successful back then because it was you had to rent it from them. And if you didn't return it, you would have to pay like 90 to 100 dollars. So it was the return fees were a lot stiffer back then. Well, they um, this was the most uh, rented movie the year came out on VHS from those stores of those times. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the same way. I don't really have a, a real memory uh, of when I first saw this movie, but I just it's a movie that I've just always have like seen. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it, when I think back, it's just like I don't remember. It's kind of just like I've when I think about my history of life with movies, it's just this is one that I've always seen because it's a cult classic this is one that most kids I, I don't know anybody who doesn't like this movie yeah and because it's very much when it's in it's a movie for everybody there's something in it that everybody can like like where you got older kids you got younger kids you have families there's a relatable character and everything there's relatable time periods with the, the current at the time and then obviously the past and the way that they formulated the film it never feels outdated like it doesn't feel old so yeah. when you watch this for the first time you know, this is the first time I, I've watched this movie fully through was for this podcast. I, obviously, I've seen it a bit a hundred other times, but I don't remember. The, again, like kind of the theme we've done all summer. I don't remember the last time I sat down and watched this full movie. But, but the fact that I did this year, it, it didn't feel dated because they didn't make those traditional time travel jokes that you, you might see that really dates a film. Yeah. And um, visually looks amazing. And I can't wait to talk about that post-production process um, of how quickly they had to turn that around. But this is really just, this film stands the test of time. I think it's Robert Zemeckis' best film. I think it's the best of the three. Um, I, I don't really have a history with the animated show. I've seen a couple episodes and I've read a couple comic books, never played any games. Mm-hmm. And uh, the board game is the only game that I've played. Uh, but I absolutely adore this film and I absolutely adore Michael J. Fox and Leah Remini, isn't it? Her, her, who's who plays the Leah Remini? No, right. Leah Tom is Leah Thompson. Uh, Leah Thompson yeah, Leah Remini, I think, is the uh, Scientology. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> I'm like, why is that stuff so familiar? <laughs> um, Leah Thompson, absolute dime, and Kristen Glover would never land her in a million years. But there's a lot of heavy topics to this film as well that I, I'm sure we'll get into that they handle pretty well and kind of breeze over a lot of it, but um. You can look at this film as the way that we look through it as, oh, wow, this is a great popcorn film with a lot of cool nods and, and, and a lot of nostalgia uh, goggles. But then there's also the film critic guy of Reaganism, as, as it's been said, that kind of everybody was in the middle class and, and in, the, in the past and, and how it was kind of a better time and so on and so forth. I, Look, I get a lot of my knowledge when we do these. I listen to Unspooled, and I know you do too. Mm-hmm. And I cannot stand Amy Nichols, but she had a very interesting perspective on this film that I really enjoyed. So I'm not just going to cite her words the entire episode. But uh, so if you want to go check out Unspooled's Back to the Future, there's a lot of cool stuff there. But uh, yeah. I, 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 I could ramble on. I, I apologize. Yeah, I actually didn't listen to our episode. Normally, I kind of do listen ahead of time. I don't even think about it. Um but I agree with everything you said. I mean, I think this movie is near perfection. Like, honestly, like this movie just works. Um, if you don't like this movie, I would question if you like movies at all. Because like yeah. you said, this is a movie that just it works. There's no there's a few things that are obviously like dated that in today's standards want to fly but it's nothing like crazy like it's a few like fat jokes and like yeah like uh a few things that might there's a little bit of like the time even how they handle like the racism it's it's i think they do a good job of it yeah when the time the the film was made and how it was accurate to it's probably and it probably wasn't as harsh but it still reflected how the culture was where um, and then obviously showing how the uh, worker in the um, soda shop. Goldie Wilson. Yeah. Mayor Goldie, Goldie Wilson. I like that. Mayor. I, I like mayor. the sound of that. Sound of that. Um, <laughs> the way that he rises you know, through the ranks, becomes mayor of the town, all because of uh, Marty McFly. And, <laughs> and, uh, and ruins it in Back to the Future 2. But that's, that's we're not talking about that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I think the cast is like damn near perfect again like michael j fox obviously 
just plays that every man golly gee character that just fits the mold of what you're looking for christopher lloyd played emmett brown perfect stock brown like he didn't he wasn't over the top it was the perfect amount of like crazy scientist and weirdo but like not too cartoony like they could have went over the top really easy and they didn't and i think they towed that line very well and they did a lot of things subtly such as like when marty goes back to 1955 doc is rich they have he's got everything but he wastes all of his money on time travel so he goes Mm -hmm. from the upper class to the near poor like lower class because of his genius to get this right mm-hmm. and uh, it's a very interesting perspective because normally you would see that these scientists kind of would be like a tony stark where he would always be rich and trying to do what he needs to do and they've just they formulated a very interesting character that i i think helps sell this movie and it's not just like they don't go into the heavy oh he's he just he hit his head he visioned the flux capacitor and he created time travel yep I love that it's it's so simple. Yep. Like I, I love it's just like, all right, here's the time travel, the machine. I'm putting my dog in, he's back yep. a minute later. That's it. <laughs> it's yeah. not that's why it works too, because it's not overly complicated. They're not trying to explain a million things because honestly, like the time the DeLorean is just like there. It's not the main focus. Like it's just like, all right, this is point A to point B. Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of there. Which... Move on. Which the fun part about that was um, there was actually a joke in the movie because the DeLoreans were not very reliable at the time or whatever. But originally it was supposed to be a refrigerator. Yeah. And not a car. And I think a refrigerator would have been would the the movie would have fell flat. Yeah, there's a a lot of a lot of odd choices that looking back would not have worked. Well, you get that when you go 40 different versions of the script yeah. you know you, you really get the opportunity to work out those kinks uh because of how long this movie was in the kind of in the pipeline yeah um so you i have a question for you so sure. you said that this is a near perfect movie yes what is it about it that doesn't make it a perfect movie is it just you being a kind of a critic are you not willing to give out that perfect like what is it is it just something that you can't maybe explain that you just don't feel like it's a perfect movie yeah it's just it's a personal thing because i know people are that will say this is like a perfect movie but i can't think of anything right now that it doesn't work but but you know what? it is a perfect movie because i don't i don't know what i would class as a perfect movie like i just i think think perfection is just such a unobtainable goal that i didn't want to give it that but you know what it is a perfect movie it is i think for what it was shooting for what it was going for and the the vibe the runtime it's a perfect movie Mm. it's not overly complicated and i think it is a perfect movie and i know people are just very defensive of the word perfect when it comes to yeah i think that's what it was i was nervous it it is to say something because you might somebody will go perfect movie no this this, isn't that i just everything about this film the way it's shot the the behind the scenes processes of everything that went on with it mm-hmm. the, the cast casting, the writing editing yeah you're writing right. the editing the effects for the time and the coolness like there's just that's a vibe that's not replaceable through any other really other any other medium like it's either the movie's cool or it's not cool and yeah. and it's all it's a kismet of everything that makes a film work and that's why this movie is such a relatable and why it is I will say it's timeless. It's not that old to be able to, you know, it's not like the wizard of Oz where you can say this movie's almost a hundred years old and it's timeless, but yeah. it has that vibe. It has that place in the pantheon of the film industry. And I absolutely adore this movie. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's perfect. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, no need to beat around the bush. Yeah. But as we're saying, it's not a hundred years old, but, uh, we'll give some stats. It was released. July 3rd, 1985. As you said, the budget was $19 million. Did you find out how much it made opening weekend? Uh, I did not. I know it's only, I know only $11 million back. Yeah, but then it continued to yep. be like week <laughs> over week over week. Because except for the second week. I think it got knocked, but then it went week it over. It dipped. had the Avatar effect. Yeah, it so it stayed number one for 11 weeks. That's insane. Yeah, it was. I think it's like the fifth movie to do that. I forget yeah. what the number. I think the number one was like Titanic. Or it's E.T. Titanic E.T. Or is Avatar. number one. Oh, really? 
Yeah, E.T. is number one. I thought it was Avatar, but yeah, Titanic was a movie that like didn't get hot till like it's like fourth week, and yeah. it just kind of kept going. So I thought that was interesting. That was just kind of like the sleeper hit, but that's how it was back then. I feel like that's. I mean, the the last movie to do that was The Greatest Showman. That movie opened up to like twelve million dollars, and then it kind of just kept steamrolling. That word of and, mouth, and we're po- very positive word of mouth, and then like it's six week was number one at the box office yeah. and, and whatnot. Movie. I, I enjoyed that movie. That I do like fun. that movie. It's fun. Um, it's a musical. Speaking of music, uh, mm-hmm. music was done by Alan Silvestri. Yeah. Who uh, has Avengers. done Avengers, my wedding theme, and uh, yep. <laughs> our walkout theme. We came out to the Avengers. Not RP and I, but my wife and I. <laughs> um, did you see the story about that where uh, Steve Spielberg didn't want him to do it? Because really? he didn't like... Uh, he did the music for used cars. The Mecca's his first movie. Yeah. And he's like, ah, he's not good enough. Like he's not polished enough. So as uh, Mecca's played just a bunch of random kind of like music pieces that he was like, oh, these are music pieces of composers, famous composers that we can hire. And the one that he loved was the Back to the Future theme by Alan Silvestri. Like he <laughs> said, he didn't tell him who it was. He said, this is one of the ones sent in. And he's like, that's great. That's what we're looking for. And he went, well, it's Alan. So yeah. I love this score is one of my favorites. Um, it gets up there with Jurassic Park, Harry mm. Potter. It's so amazing. So. It's just it's, that dun, dun, like it builds what it needs to build. It's fun and light. Like it's but when it, it just, kicks in, it's incredible. And there's a bunch of different kind of themes mixed with that with it, where it's not just kind of one monotone. It dips, it ebbs, it flows. Mm-hmm. Uh, just perfect. Yep. Uh, so this is why maybe that's not near. It's a near perfect movie. It didn't win Oscar for best screenplay. What did? <laughs> the Witness. Exactly. So I I know The Witness, and you, you uh, produce Audra might know it because <laughs> it's um Harrison Ford, and it's about like a kid who committed saw a murder that was committed, and he has to go into hiding with the kid, and they hide in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, in the Amish country. Oh, how about that, Lancaster? Uh, yeah, nobody, what... nobody talks about that movie. Everybody yeah. still talks about Back to the Future. And so, yeah. the, uh, once again, the Academy is is wrong. Yep. But they did win Oscar for Best Effects that year, so which is impressive, but also there's not that many effects in it. Like, well, if you the... really break it down, it's, it's not an li- effect-heavy movie. It's the lights and the car, the, the time travel. Yeah. Um, but if you think about it, there could have been more. However, they it only works. had nine. They Less only had more. nine, and they only had nine and a half weeks to put that together. Yeah. Um, because so, for you, for those of you out there who don't know, uh, this movie as was not greenlit at first. There was a producer note uh, of changing the title to "Spaceman from Pluto," and Steven Spielberg responded. Ha, we're all laughing so hard. That is a great fake title, essentially saying, taking, telling the producer, no, the no way in yeah. hell we're not naming that, but played it off well. And there's like this whole letter he wrote back saying, you had the entire uh, uh, office laughing at that, which I think is one of the best moves of all time. Yeah, it's, it's one of the best fuck off <laughs> memos yep, ab- ever. Ab- absolutely. Because, you know, uh, the guy was like too embarrassed after that uh-huh. to be like, uh, it was re- that was a real memo. Because they didn't like the name Back to the Future. They thought it was, it, it didn't help them with their genre. And it's an yeah. awesome name. It's an awesome name. Yeah. It's it's just kind of unique and cool. Mm-hmm. And then, It just shows sometimes producers have really stupid ideas. Well, like the, the producer was to have the or, original guy play this role um, because he was doing another film with the actor. Uh, what was his name? Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz. And like we said in the intro a little bit, he played it up very serious. Mm-hmm. And that's not the vibe they were going for. And they eventually cast um, Marty McFly. And they had to redo like 60% of the movie with him. And so some of the actors actually gave better performances because they had twice the opportunity yeah. to do the scene. And um, Michael J. Fox was working seven days a week. He was filming this. And then also filming his TV show, which was Family Ties. Family Ties. Yeah. And so he's essentially sleeping in a camper, they said. And he would kind of he would go film Family Ties, sleep for a couple hours, and then go right to Back to the Future. So yeah. 
And you can't really tell because it's like it's not like you're seeing him like dazed in his performance. Like it's a flawless performance in my mind. Yeah. So most, I think, all the nighttime shots and most of the inside stuff was filmed at the night when he was allowed to film, basically after family ties. And then uh, any day shot was like the weekend when he okay. wasn't doing family ties stuff. So they said he was getting like five hours a day sleep. That's it. Like, I'm sure he got uh, compensated. Oh, it's worth well. it. Are you kidding me? This yeah. I, I don't even think he read the script. He was just so he excited. Did. I don't think he made that much money, though. I don't know. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, and then he yeah. eventually went on to make a shit yeah. ton of money. Um, but great, great performance. Yeah. Another great performance that we haven't talked about. Uh, the fucking whack job, Crispin Glover. I know, dude. He what a weirdo, so but he's so good in this. Like, he's great in this. Yeah. You are my density. Density. <laughs> don't, what's he, Biff? Like, don't con me, Biff. <laughs> like, what is that laugh? Oh, Biff. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, though he's great in this film. Yeah. Plays the big lovable loser. He and he does He put he's a weird off. I what the, I think the greatest reveal of their story and cuz you kind of get you get lost in the day mm. the the day-to-day stuff of Marty McFly and Well, that let's the mom bef- recount. Yeah. Before right. we move on to that and talk about like going to the past, how good is the setup for this movie? It's perfect. We're like you you go to Marty McFly's house and you just see his day-to-day like nonsense life and they're very schlubby and they're very pathetic and they all hate each other and at the first time you watch it you're just like oh, okay like his life kind of sucks but then the setup of like going to the past and like how they set that all up where like the mom's just like I would never chase a boy like that and she's a total whore to pass uh-huh. like he's <laughs> and- just the dad's just as pathetic in the future as he was in the past. And like, and then spoiler, when he goes and fixes everything, how much different it is, but how every actor plays all three of those roles so well. Yep. And so different. Yeah. That's what I love about it. Cause when you watch this movie for the first time, you're like, okay, but you're interested in what's going on. And then when you rewatch it, you're like, oh, my God, this is the easiest and perfect setup because it's happening right in front of your face. And you don't even realize it because you're so invested in what's going on Mm -hmm. that, you you know, that Marty picks up. Yeah, you don't pick it up. And then Marty's mom just talks about how he saved she saved uh, the dad saved her from a car, but she was actually getting raped. And yeah. they just kind of brush over that. But uh yeah, no, absolutely amazing uh setup. This is probably some of the better setup. Like it's not it's an ex- exposition dump, but you're invested. It's not yeah. just a it's just so it's so creatively done. Yeah, they're not just care. feeding you information. It's exactly. being presented in the context of the story. It, like it's where, a spoonful yeah. of sugar. It's like it's just yep. a spoonful of sugar because I think at this point you're already like, damn, Marty's pretty cool. And what's going on with his family? Like, how is Marty so cool and his parents are so lame? And then everything with Biff. And it's like, who's going to clean this shirt? Because I got beer on it. Like, it's Mm. just. And how is dad such a pushover and and everything? And then, like, even he's like, the dad's like, I know, I know what you're going to say. Like, you're essentially, don't be disappointed in me. And it's like, it's just crazy. It it really is just crazy. And, and, then you know marty does go to the past and it's not really outlandish like it kind of is but the fact that they go to the past because of um what is it libyan nationalist the, Li- the libyans yeah and i just love the libyans just, like they asked, they asked me to make them a bob yeah, but I, I did it i did it <laughs> i i love that again like it's just like there's no wasted time in this movie like it just it goes and goes and goes and it sets everything up and it is just like Doc's just like here's how time machine works ah oh, the Libyans and he gets shot <laughs> he gets shot where first like time you kind of meet him he's dead you're just like oh man I like that guy <laughs> and it's yep. just like whoop back to the past <laughs> him and Einstein good makeup very good makeup on on everybody too except for the mom the mom's makeup is very weird it looks like she's stung by a bee her face is all swollen oh uh, yeah yeah she's like an alcoholic um. 
And then, yeah, so I found it very interesting that the reason why Marty's parents meet is because the dad is a peeping Tom. Yeah. Yep. The dad's a freaking creep. Yeah. And it eventually ends up being Marty. But again, it works. It it works how pathetic that he is. Like, it's not, Mm -hmm. you don't meet him in the beginning and then you go, oh, (laughs) like, you're just like, you're literally just like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he will yeah, be. Yeah, that yeah, that makes sense. That checks out. And so I get, you know, I guess everybody kind of knows the story from that point that Marty, as we talked about in the board game, that Marty's family picture starts to disappear. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of the coolest techniques that was used to tell the story of time running out, things not going the way it's supposed to go, and Marty altering the future. Marty literally does everything they tell you not to do with time yeah. travel. He directly interferes in his family affairs. I, I mean, I will say I like that he does it first by accident. Like, it's not like because Doc, as soon as he meets Doc, Doc's like, don't meet anybody. Don't talk to anybody. Don't do anything. Yeah. So it's it already happened. It's not like yeah. Doc said that. And then he messed up. Like, it's like he already was like, uh, my I met my mom. I met my dad. Like, and I may have changed a few things. I I I, lo- I really I shouldn't, but I do. I really enjoyed the first the, the the scene in the soda shop when he's just like, uh, "Give me a tab." Well, you can't have a tab if you don't buy anything. Yeah. All right, give me a Pepsi free. Um, you can have a Pepsi, but it's not going to be free. And like, I enjoy like it's stupid wordplay. Yeah, but <laughs> I enjoy. I very much enjoy it. And it's like it it takes Marty. He realizes that he's not where he's supposed to be, but it still takes him a moment to realize, "Oh shit!" Like. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and he just still talks the way like he's normally like in 1985. Um, and, and obviously convenient that it's the day Doc invented time travel along with the top, the clock tower, uh, being struck. Mm-hmm. But it, I like, but it. that was also set up. Like it's yeah. not, it's not it's, out of nowhere. Like the paper that he has and it's has not like everything the, he needs. They set it up like way in the beginning. Uh, I think with newspapers. Well, no, they they say like uh, the mayor wants to restore the clock tower. Here's the paper. I think whatever. there's something else in the be- there's a nod way in the beginning of like one of Doc's clocks, and there's like a figure hanging off of it. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it's not like intentional that Doc knows about it, but it's like a subtle like thing. So there's those little subtleties when you watch it again for like the thirtieth time. Yeah, and what see. I. What I actually really enjoyed too, it's not like he gets there that day and has like two days to figure it out. He's like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to be here for a week. And yeah. I, I just like that. I think that's a, yeah, a nice there's mechanic. No, there's urgency rushed. without, yeah, without yeah, it like being the, like too the urgent. Yeah, the story's not rushed for the sake of time or that, you know, time yeah. a timeline they made up. But I enjoy it. I just, I really, really do. Um, there's not much that I would change. I think everything works really well. I like that they use the tropes of things already established, like Darth Vader, when mm. when, when he comes and like when the, the DeLorean crashes into the farmhouse. I enjoy that when it's like yeah. the, the house from outer space. Like, well, everything. that's why they picked a DeLorean because it was like the most spaceshipy looking car. That would be like the most realistic of being like people being weirded out. Like a, any other car at the time might have been like looked like a car, like a yeah. futuristic car, but still a car. But the DeLorean did look like so outlandish with the doors going up and like <laughs> the shape of it that it would terrify people. It's funny that that car was kind of a piece of shit because it's one of the coolest looking cars. Yeah. Like ever. Um, But so it's, some of this. Do you know like how they kind of came up with the concept for the film? I know we talked a little bit about the Bob and the dad. And do you know how like kind of Zemeckis and, and Bob Gale King kind of came up with the, the concept for this movie? No. So uh, I don't remember if it was Zemeckis or Gale, but they were looking through their dad's yearbook. And he came across his dad and his dad was like, um, I believe his dad was like class president and like smart and mm. I think it's like not like the dorky kind of smart, just like kind of like a, a popular smart, like got along. And he's just I'm saying, like, I don't really know if I would have got along with my dad if we were in school at the same time. And then that kind of spun this start to spin this idea of what would happen if I was back in the time with my dad at school. 
and and whatnot. And I just I I it's just the simplest thought process to span this yeah. historical movie. Yeah, I probably wouldn't be friends with my dad. I, I'm not friends with him now, so it's like I'm. <laughs> I'm I my dad, my mom. My mom told my told me that my dad was kind of dorky in in high school, so I absolutely would have been friends with my dad. Yeah, hello, like, hello, I'm, I'm a dork, but I, was, I think my dad would have been like too much of a dork. <laughs> I was. I've been Biff. I was. <laughs> I was friendly with everybody. So, yeah. uh, but speaking of Biff, great villain and also. Oh. A great actor. I love this actor. So there was an interesting story they talked about working with Eric Stoltz, and he did not like Stoltz. Yeah. And uh, so he was telling the story on some radio show, and he said, he, like, he kept driving his palms into the guy who plays Biff. And he said, hey, Eric, like, you know, you don't really have to go that hard. This is acting, blah, blah, blah. So he said, please just lighten up. So he did it again. And, and he said to him, he said, if you do that one more time. I'm going to beat the crap out of you. <laughs> Whatever. So I think Stoltz might have stopped. But uh, there was no love lost there when they recasted Stoltz for yeah. this part. Yeah, I think but, uh, something else I heard about Stoltz is like he wanted to be called Marty. Like even when the film wasn't rolling. Like he was one of those like... Method actors. Yeah. So can you imagine like not even fun Marty McFly. Like confused. <laughs> like scared yeah. Marty McFly on set all day. Movie would have bombed. It would not. Yeah. We would not be talking about it right now. So I think that Biff fits the perfect model of the villain we need. It's it's not yeah. a super nefarious villain. It's not like an outlandish villain. It's yeah. just a straight up bully. He's just a bully. And it's it's funny how like they work. It's the same thing when we talked about like the Harry Potter Umbridge like being a bad guy, where it's like they're not this Thanos level villain. But like everyone knows a bully, like everyone has been bullied, whether no matter how cool you were, you were bullied by like your boss, your teacher, like maybe not in a level that Biff was bullying people. But like bullies work so well because they're not evil and nefarious and they're not like impossible to beat up. Like, obviously, sometimes you just punch a bully back, but it's just like it. I don't know. Like, it's just such a good level of like we've all been there. Like, I'm never going to fight a Voldemort but it's like yeah. I've had bullies growing up so like yeah. I relate so well in any movie that has like a bully and you see a kid you're just like oh like I get it and Biff is like the best one because <laughs> yeah. he's he's just like you could tell he's dumb yep but he's just and a I, big dude and I love that we get to meet him in that exposition dump yeah in that beginning like we 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 see exactly who he is. We see the repeat line of, "What are they going to say if it's handed in in your handwriting?" Like I need to retype this. Like mm -hmm. he's the exact. He did not change. And he, I think so many of us can relate to a person, whether that person have directly affected us or not. But somebody in our environment, especially in high school or, or in school growing up, where we Biff is, there's still Biffs out there. Yep. And I think it's it's the perfect villain. This movie. And not to undersell it, but this is a very simple movie. It's cut and dry. Mm -hmm. There's not like overly thinking. We don't have. To, it's just very enjoyable, very simple, and kind of straight to the point. And it and doesn't fun. waste and fun. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't waste a second of its runtime for anything other than to emphasize the fun of this movie. Mm -hmm. um, and to even little things like Calvin Klein. I saw it on your underwear, Calvin. Yeah. Well, people call me Marty, and it's like the weirdest part of that whole interaction is he goes. But you're hot. You're so hot. It's like he's <laughs> you can't just say you're good looking. Like he's just like my mom's hot. Like mm. it's just it's it's so weird. And I don't know. Like, but it's very, very funny and it's yeah. very awkward and uncomfortable. And to just see that from the character that we meet first is is great. And yeah. an aspect of this film that and I that's I, why I really uh, that's why Disney turned it down. Because oh, really? Of the, yeah, the whole like being too racy with the mom and son being in love. Uh, like, fuck it. It's not because Mar Marty wasn't in love with her. She was in love with him. He's a yeah. very attractive looking kid. He's mm -hmm. Marty freaking McFly. And then we just kind of go through and I like laugh out loud at a lot of these things. Um, so obviously we, we mentioned that Marty goes and meets Doc. And then so Doc goes to high school with him and he's like, well, your your mom is clearly infatuated with you, not your dad. 
And then uh, Marty goes, oh, that's heavy. He just goes, what? There's that word again. Why is, is everything in the future heavy? Like, is there a gravitational issue? And I like laughed out loud at that scene because I was like, that is such a great reaction mm -hmm. from Doc. Like, that is a spot on character reaction. And um, but it's also just like it shows. Like, it would be the same if I went to the future or like if Doc came to our timeline and just some of an actor we have. Like, it just kind of yeah. shows, like, just some of these stupid phrasings like, that we have. It's like if I would say bet, and he'd be like, bet what? Yeah. Which I had an interaction uh, with Alder's parents with that. But uh, <laughs> I didn't say I didn't say bet, but her brother did. But, yeah, it's another aspect of the film that doesn't pigeonhole it in time. Mm -hmm. It's just, okay, this is clearly a – people still, people still say heavy. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not age, but I just what I love about this movie, and I can't say it enough, how it 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 didn't lock itself in time. Yeah, it didn't have like and, a celebrity cameo exactly. of like weird or like make a reference of a specific yeah. thing. Like they kind of lucked out, like they they referenced Star Wars and yeah. Vulcan, like they referenced stuff that is still so popular. Like they could have referenced mm -hmm. like Lost in Space, which is still popular, but like something really. Like yeah. niche to that era. They they kind of do with the sequel, um, where they pigeonhole to what is it like? Two, two, it's 2020 in the second movie, I think. Uh, I think it's 2015. 2015, whatever. Yeah. Um, which that actually kind of co-aligned with the year that they saw the Cubs winning the World Series. Mm -hmm. The Cubs actually made the World Series. I don't think the Cubs won that year, but they made it. Um, maybe they did when I. I no sports. A little fuzzy, yeah. but yeah, it, it just. Again, just everything I love. Um, so one of the aspects I actually really want, like to talk about is I think this movie to this day, it was restored. I watched it in 4K. Um, I have the DVDs somewhere. I, they're not here. They're not at my parents' house. So I have no idea where my Back to the Future trilogy mm. DVD set is. So I just rebought them on, on 4K. Um, and this movie is restored perfectly. It's There's nothing that looks weird. The only thing that like I was watching it with my dad and my dad saw this in theaters. And I was I asked him, I said, Hey, like when this came out, was this like really talked about like a lot? And he said, Yeah, not not really. And I was like, I guess that makes sense, but it's not like hell it would be talked about now where I mm -hmm. would have loved to have seen this opening weekend. Like you would have loved to have seen Jaws opening weekend. Like it wasn't it wasn't like that, but I, I found that it was kind of interesting because I watched the first half of this with my dad. Well, I think when I watched it for the first time, I watched it with him anyway. Um, but the the movie's restored perfectly. It looks great. And when we were watching it, I was like, "Damn!" I was like, "Doc," I was like, "Was Christopher? How old was Christopher Lloyd when we, <laughs> they made this?" Because at first you see him and he looks old. Yeah. And then they got a little bit closer, and you could see like the makeup on his skin to make him look older. And I was like, "Ah, okay." So he's he was fifty when they made it. Yeah. Um, I just think everything about this movie was made. And, and and looks very very good that that also helps it hold up um but the interesting part about that is they had nine and a half weeks to do that and movies now need almost six months to a year to do that mm -hmm. and the reason was because the universal had not a lot of faith in this film they were like okay we're going to greenland it blah 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 uh, i got it got refused by a bunch of different studios and then they were able to screen them the film and they said we're moving the release date up on this film this film is awesome we need to get it out there and so from when this well, movie did, was still it, did you, you know not to cut you off did you know when yeah. they were screening it uh they didn't have the visual effects done yes and at the end was like in like black and white and people mm -hmm. still lost their minds and that's when <laughs> they were like all right even without effects like this movie is hitting because yeah. as i said there's not that many effects but it's just such a character-driven good story that, like, the effects didn't matter. Yeah. And Even it's though they about, were good. <laughs> it's just about, it's about, it's an everyman story. Anybody mm -hmm. can relate to it. And so the fact that they said, we need to get this out, let's move it up. And then that gave them nine and a half weeks to do the special effects, to do the coloring, to do the editing, to do anything they needed to get this film ready for opening weekend. And they did it in nine and a half weeks. It, it, and it's not a piece of shit. It's mm -hmm. it still holds up really, really nicely. And it's a great soundtrack. Um, one of the better. The only thing I will say, my only critique of this movie 
is um don't say I, i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say it. the johnny be good scene okay that's not what i, I thought you were trash uh huey lewis in my book. no no i like huey <laughs> i like huey lewis it's is there's a john mulaney joke about back to the future this whole thing we're gonna call it not back to the past back to the future and then in there he also mentions okay well we're gonna take the creation of kind of rock and roll from the african-american community and marty mcfly is gonna make it up <laughs> it's a great joke john mulaney's my favorite comedian go go check him out but the only not believable thing in this entire film is when he's singing it is clearly not uh michael j fox it is clearly not him it sounds nothing like him and that is my only nitpick and critique of this film other than that it's a perfect 100 and i would even put it in my top 10 movies of all time yeah there's the only love it yeah i forgot about that part actually because there's a weird part too and it might be like the only part where it's not needed and it's a waste of where uh his dad just knocked Biff out. Spoiler: They're in the dance. They're dancing together, and then some when nerdy kid comes up, up and splits yeah. them up. And it's just like it creates this I... non-essential, like oh no, or it's like we're the movie's done. Like stop it. And then like he not he pushes them away, right? He doesn't knock them out, but he shoves them away. Where it's like he yeah he shoves. I guess them it's away. showing that like okay, but also like this is this is still he's still gonna be fighting for her not just biff which i get i don't know it's just which that I part guess, made me laugh when i saw because i'm like well, who is this guy <laughs> i know the movie's like the movie's like done and it's just the more drama it's like they haven't kissed yet and it's just a little bit more suspense that absolutely is not needed but i yeah. think it, it helping george mcfly is not going to be pushed over this wasn't a flash in the pan mm. kind of thing but i agree it's not needed yeah it was but the, movie, I, you, the movie's over i forgot that about point. that because i watched it i'm just like what i was like what is this i forgot all about well, this yeah, there's no point. There's absolutely no point yeah. to it. But then... like, just, just again to just say, like, I cannot say enough. <laughs> Nine and a half fucking weeks that they finalized this film, mm-hmm. and it still looks amazing. Yeah. Everything about it's amazing. The forty rewrites that went through, the recasting halfway through the movie because of some stupid producer. Like this movie was destined to fail. And it did not. And this is the last good thing Robert Zemeckis has done. And ah, Forrest Gump. Oh, that was him. Okay. Yeah. I, sorry about that. Far, I, I, Robert Zemeckis has, I think, done a a lot more ho hum and boring since like Back to the Future. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Huh. September eighth is Disney Plus Day. He's got Pinocchio coming out with with Tom Hanks. It's going to be amazing. Okay, he did the witches for HBO Max, and they yeah. they took that off. That's how bad. <laughs> the he also somebody. did. He also did Welcome to Marwin. I actually liked Welcome to Marwin. Did I'm not going to trash it. It was a fun uh, movie, but um, but I I praise Zemeckis because yeah, he stands and just says this movie will not be remade as long mm. as I'm alive. And same thing with Spielberg. And this is a movie that I don't want them to touch. And and it's funny that. We just did Wizard of Oz, and now they are remaking Wizard of. I know New Line Cinema is doing their own because it's in the public domain now. Yeah. But Warner Brothers, specifically, who now owns the rights to the original, are remaking the film, and it just goes to show that this is a movie that doesn't need to be remade. Mm-hmm. And Back to the Future is in the same pantheon as Wizard of Oz, in my opinion, of films that should never be. Yeah. Remade, touched. If you want a 4K, 3D, whatever, go for it. But yeah, I think I think Wizard of Oz has been gone long enough that if you if you did it, we kind of talk about it in a Wizard of Oz episode. If you have someone comes in with the love and passion and doesn't overdo it with CGI, does it on like I, a soundstage almost, and does it with love, it, it you could have the same charm. Would it be yeah. as good? Probably not because it's it was a movie of its time and for some reason it worked. I think this movie you could never recreate the charm and like well whatever factor it has. Even if you did shot by shot everything the same with different actors, I don't well, think I, it would work. Well, the one that the people are pushing for is a Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Holland, which I think would be great. I'd rather just see them do a live Rick and Morty. 
I don't want to yeah. see them do because that's that's our generation's now new not our generation but the current generation's new Back to the Future is it's is Rick and Morty. That's yeah. exactly what Rick and Morty is based off Back to the Future. And you can't just do it because everything will be grandiose and large. Where this film, literally the entire film, takes place on one, essentially one backdrop. And it's the town hall. The town hall is in 1985, that whole area, the whole downtown area. And it's the same, just reformat it for mm. 1955. And it's just that that classic, let's just switch it up. Same downstate. And then they go to the houses and the school. That's yep. it. Everything else now will be like, it would be very much like, look at that. Look at this. Yeah, they would over explain time travel. Like it would just it would be too they would, much. They would do stupid shit. Like, let's just say, for example, uh, it just because I can't think of a specific thing. But let's say they go back to 1955 in a remake and it's Mickey Mouse. And oh, that'll never work. And then Mickey Mouse is huge now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's the stupid shit that we would see if they were mm-hmm. to remake this film today. And it would 100 percent be more jokes over. Like this movie, yes, is a comedy. It it has the it has the humor, but it also has the heart of just this kid wanting his parents to kind of fall back in love and and get back to his the life that he had and his girlfriend Jennifer mm-hmm. and the freaking truck that he wants. Like that's what this kid wants. He just wants to get back to his life, and he ends up making his life better by helping mm-hmm. his parents in the past. And I just feel like all that would be lost because of it's like a hey look what we're doing we're remaking yeah. this film and so i just hope zemeckis lives till he's 300 years old and i'm dead and i never have to see a remake of back to the future what if they did who would you cast <laughs> tom, uh, tom holland would be marty mcfly okay 100 i would not cast robert downey jr as doc brown um i would maybe cast i'm putting away on the spot i know <laughs> john malkovich as doc brown maybe okay I would have uh, The Rock and uh I know, yeah, Kevin Hart. <laughs> Kevin Hart. There you go. Kevin, Kevin the Rock Hart would be, is Kevin Hart would be Einstein. <laughs> the Rock um, is Dr. Emmett Brown. And Kevin Hart is Marty McFly. Perfect. He would be, he would be like Great Scott. Like it wouldn't be Great Scott. It would, it would be signed, sealed, delivered. Done. Great Scott. Great Scott. And then I would have It would be Vin Diesel. There you go. As a... Uh, because now you, I guess, as Biff, as, as Biff, as Biff. Yeah, that's a, the him and the rock, a real, a life. real life feud. Just, a, just a quick kind of life update. We did our Fast and Furious episode of Bishop and Valley. You have now watched some of oh. them. What are you up to? Are you? Up? Only, I only watched the first two. Okay, so you didn't watch Tokyo. Drift. I didn't get around Tokyo Drift, but it's on my All right, list. Well, when you get further, because I don't want to talk about one and two. When we get further, we'll, we'll why get, not? We'll They're so because good. <laughs> I like I like one and two. One is a, one is a great movie. I like one. So it's interesting. I know you didn't like two. Two just seemed like I don't know, like too different. Like it, it's funny because I can see, I can see the bricks of what franchise becomes like on these two movies so like because i've seen so many clips watching it at your house that day because you had like seven on and nine on so i saw how like way outlandish and way goofy and silly that it kind of gets and i could see those bricks forming in the second one like the first one was just a very cut dry action movie it was great i think i really liked vin diesel in it i like paul walker in it and then you see the second one with Tyrese. Yep. Tyrese okay, so Tyrese it. and uh, who, uh, uh, uh Ludacris. So, like, they're, like, goofy, and you can kind of see, like, that's where it's kind of headed. And then in one part where he drives the car, like, onto the boat, but driving off a ramp, where it's like, all right, like, they're they're doing goofy stuff, and I know how much goofier a- it gets. Ejecto Cito, cuz. Oh, yeah, and that, the ejector seat that they invented. Like, it's just... Right. You start to see those little things, but I I enjoyed it, and I'm excited to continue the franchise. I just haven't sat down. It is a commitment to sit down and be like, "All right, here we go." Well, the good well the good thing is you're not like you got to watch them for an episode. The episode's done. Yep, yeah. It's very much when you need something. Yep. You get Friday Thursday night movie throw it on. Yeah, now the TV's TV somewhat slowing down. Not at all, but (laughs) we got yeah Game of Thrones is back and She Hulk. And the Sandman. I gotta rewatch Sandman to keep the numbers up. <laughs> Everybody go watch Sandman. Um, but yeah, 
back to Back to the Future. Um, and then obviously Marty makes everything kind of right. And then he goes back and his life is completely different. So the one question I had, I watched this with my friends down the shore. Okay. Uh, and I said, so they clearly have a different life. Is everything that's happened does Marty not have those memories now? Like, is his life that different? Where you know what I'm saying? Like, this family clearly has different memories than the than the family that yeah. He had. So I don't. That's like, and this that's is really a thing of time travel. That yeah, they just again gloss over. Like, is it like? Is it like to a point where he goes back, where like his brain eventually starts to like equal out, and then he has I don't those? Think so I think they they imply that he basically took over. That Mark McFly, yeah, like he jumped like into where that Marty was. He basically killed was, somebody. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, but it's just like you. That's a that's a lifetime worth of memories mm-hmm. that he no longer has. Like but he's gonna have these memories. That's something they guess, would explain if they remade it. If yes, they remade the movie, they'd be like, "If you go back to the future, you're basically gonna be killing that." Like what I'm gonna say, I almost said Marty, Marty McFly. Yeah. <laughs> And he's just like, oh, that's heavy, but I got to do it for my family. Like, that's what it would be. It would be like that extra stake they add in. Like, yeah. Well, it's just like because he accidentally did it. Like, it's not like mm-hmm. he knew what he was doing. Like, he was just expecting to go back to the life that he had. And him being there changed everything. But that was the one question I had. I'm like, so, like, what happens here? Is, 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 doesn't Does matter. Marty share like because they're gonna be like, hey, hey, Marty, remember Christmas two years ago? And he's gonna be like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, so, well, fuck it, oh, they're rich well. now. Who cares? <laughs> rich and, people problems. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I just, dude, I love this movie. I think this was an absolutely perfect movie to end our summer on. This is a movie that when it ended, I immediately wanted to restart it. This is a mm. timeless movie that I just thoroughly enjoy watching. And I love the second one too. I don't necessarily care for the third one, though I I do think it's a lot of fun. Mm. I don't need to watch it. Um, yeah, the, but the, the third one is I think that's the best way to describe it. It's like the first one is like perfection. The second one I don't like the second one's weird. Like I enjoy it, but it's also just kind of like Re- I think it's, it's like redone. It's so yeah, it's, it's like almost unnecessary, like his little experiment in the beginning. Like I think it's very forced yeah. Doc's well, experiment they, that kind of messes up the past. Like I and I think a, that's it's that's the always a bit sketchy. Thing. Yeah. It's the, this the was hundred percent a money thing. Yeah. But I think the third one is fun. And that's why I enjoyed the third one as a kid and why I have such fond memories. I think the second one was like too over my head. I enjoy, but I enjoy like the hoverboard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid, I liked that, that kind of stuff. But I'm saying like the first one, like even as a kid, I remember enjoying the second one was just kind of like, I don't like this one as much. And the third one was like, yeah, Cowboys. Yeehaw. Like I'm into this. And then like the the train becoming the new DeLorean. Like I enjoyed that. I thought it was fun. Awesome. Yeah. But uh, I, and I like the second one with the sports almanac and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I love this movie so so much. It was a great excuse to watch the film again, and I think that's kind of all I have to say about it. I don't really have. There's not much to critique. We I think we shared a lot of cool behind scenes mm-hmm. facts that I didn't know until today. Uh, that the nine and a half weeks blows my mind. I don't care what anybody says. It's not like even today we're at all these computers. It was 1985, and that it was just such a hit with with everybody. And it's a it's a it's a franchise that everybody loves. Yeah. If you have not seen Back to the Future, what the hell are you doing? Um, and there people are. There's there's people born every day that haven't experienced the beauty sure. of Back to the Future. Look, we went to two timelines in our last episode. We played with time. <laughs> I was in the Eric Stoltz timeline. <laughs> <laughs> and and we, we had to watch the Eric Stoltz bomb of a film. <laughs> Aliens from Mars or whatever the hell, Ted Tales from Adventure, whatever the hell it was. Called. It was Spaceman from Pluto because that's what is that? Was that the comic? Yeah, it was the yeah. so the comic. He was said he was a Vulcan. Yeah, yeah, he says I am Darth Vader from Vulcan. Yeah, that's what he says. Oh, how about Sorry. real quick in that scene, which I thought was funny, I actually learned today was uh, he didn't get they didn't get permission from Van the band Van Halen. 
to oh, play really? their music. So on the cassette, it doesn't say Van Halen, it, it says, says Eddie, Eddie Van Halen. Because yeah. Eddie Van Halen want, kind of went behind the band's back. It was like, I'll record little licks for you. Oh, that's So awesome. they didn't know. Yeah, they all, they all said no. But he went like, oh, I'll record some quick stuff for you. Oh, cool. So also another part of the music aspect was the, the Johnny B. Good part. So when he's playing Johnny B. Good and, and Martin Barry calls Chuck Barry. Uh, so it, it doesn't sound exactly like Johnny B. Good. It kind of riffs off and, and mm-hmm. there's a couple of weird riffs. But there was also like an old time song where the do 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 actually is pulled from. So it's so uh, Johnny Be Good isn't the first to have that the guitar. Mm-hmm. Like there's an older song from I don't know when Johnny Be Good came out. Maybe yeah. 50, so like the forties where that licks going on, and I and I learned that today, and I found that very cool. So Marty necessarily that. didn't. I do that. love that part. What a good it's your it's your cousin I, Mar Berry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like and he finishes. Uh, I guess you guys aren't aren't ready for that yet. But your kids will love it. But your kids will love it, and uh, I think I'm gonna go watch it again. Good, good. Um, but yeah, I think that wraps it up. Um, be sure to like our Instagram. Be sure to subscribe if you're listening to this for the first time and not a subscriber. Subscribe. Um, do Listen that back. before your kids go back to the future and try to hit subscribe for you. Yeah, exactly. And ruin they're, they're the miss out. timeline. Exactly. You're going to miss out and be like, when this podcast is, is ginormous, you're going to want to be an original subscriber. So it's a whole thing. Exactly. Uh, be sure to check out what T Public? T Public Store. T Public uh, Store, Redbubble. We got your shirts, we got your hats, we got your stickers, we got your magnets. Uh, we have giant t-shirt logos we also have pocket t-shirt logos check mm-hmm. it out everything uh, that you buy goes to helping the show run um but always again um thank you to everyone listening we had great feedback this summer it was exhausting um <laughs> i don't know if we're gonna be doing it again next summer because if we, if we do it next summer and we will do a blockbuster summer next summer it's gonna be a little different there yeah. might not be two there might not be two episodes but if there are they might be that might be our month yeah. Uh, we'll figure it out and uh, we'll find a happy medium of board game talk and film discussion. Yeah. But again, thank you to everybody. Uh, we had great feedback. Uh, everyone who listened seemed to enjoy it. So, and we enjoyed it. We did. It was exhausting, but it was a good process and it was fun. I loved rewatching movies. I love Prospera Hall and Funko, I learned. They're just a power mm-hmm. couple. And we some have- of the other games we played as well. We have a lot more movie games that we need to play. We have, you know, Onward, we have E.T., we have mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that we got to play. So, a Lord of the Rings. So, it's not like this isn't the end of, of movies, but we're going to be bringing back non- Mystery games, yeah. Yeah, the, non- the mystery introductions. And non-movie episodes. However, if you do enjoy the movie talk, um, why don't you head over to previously recorded? Uh, we have a lot of film discussions up there. Uh, more always coming out. You guys have a talk back to the future, have you? We have not. And, yeah. uh, you know, we've done a couple of rewatches, but we've weirdly accidentally stayed in the Lucasfilms, George Lucas, Spielberg wheelhouse. So this mm. might be a good, um, this might be our next rewatch. Yeah, back to the future. Good. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did Star Wars, we did Indiana Jones, and we did Jurassic Park recently, which you guys heard uh, earlier this summer um, for the original. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. we got tons of stuff over there. And then I'll plug it. Um, Unspooled, they do a really nice job of covering a lot of classic films and a lot of background knowledge that if you enjoy the aspects that we talk about, they do the same thing. Uh, but they do it weekly, and the one's a film critic. So, a little bit more insightful. Yeah, yeah, and more research <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that are sure. ramblings. But again, thank you so much, RP. Thank you for a wonderful summer. Thank you as well. And Bye. we're going to be back in two weeks, two weeks to rank the summer. And then we have some stuff to talk about for the upcoming seasons. Yeah, yeah, get your, uh, get your dice-thrown hands ready. Yeah. This dice thrown summer. And for one last time this summer, be kind. Be kind. Subscribe. Subscribe.